Good evening. Yeah, I love that song. How about you? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And uh, to believe that, to say, man, God bless. Bless this day, every day that we begin. I I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on anything that God has for me. How about you? I mean, I want all that God has uh, in store for my life. I want to be blessed, and I believe that that's your desire, uh, that's your longing as well for God's blessing to enrich your life. Uh, before we get into the, the, the message tonight, thank you so much. As Pastor Dan said, thank you for all of the prayers for my father. Thank you for all of the prayers for my mother as well. Thank you for continuing to lift her up in prayer. She has been an incredible caregiver for them. Uh, as a matter of fact, I know that along with so many uh, other individuals that are part of our congregation that are not able for whatever reason to be a part of our crowd tonight in the sanctuary, they're listening online. So I know that they would be encouraged within their spirit if they were able to hear from uh, from their church family. So if you can help me tonight and let's put our hands together and just a, a sign of appreciation to signal to them that we love you, that we're praying for them. Amen. God is a healing God. Amen. We're going to continue to pray and believe that God is working. Lord, it's going to give us a a miracle. Uh, And even if it's through the hand of a surgeon or physician, how many of you know it's still God? Amen? That's the God that we serve. And and I do and believe that even in those difficult moments in life, when we look at the title of the message tonight uh, that is on the screen to say, right living, man, to be found, to be genuine. That is my desire. That is my, that, that's my heart song that I want to pursue all that God has for me, every blessing that he has in store for my life. I can tell you that there are just some days that it's easier for me to kind of sing that anthem, to be able to say, God, I want everything that you have for me and more. And then there are those moments where life just gets sideways. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Where things just seem to be coming off the rail and I still say, God, I want to pursue you, but yet then I've got one eye that may be on the trial, one eye that may be on the storm, and there's a sense uh, of, of being lost, of simply being overwhelmed that kind of creeps into my own life to where I feel sometimes abandoned, but yet I know that I'm not. And I have that sense, and I'm saying, God, where, where are you at? I'm pursuing you. I'm pursuing right living. God, I need to know that you're walking with me in this season of my life. And I know that that's, that's at a place where some of you are at tonight, even in, in your own faith, in your own walk. You're saying, God, I want to, uh, to see my faith grow. I'm wanting to pursue right living. I'm, I'm wanting to pursue an obedient life. I desire to be genuine, something that is real, that is authentic. But then life happens, and we become overwhelmed, and you become overwhelmed. And to be able to take those phone calls as a pastor that I take and, and to be able to pray with a husband that is watching his marriage kind of crumble all around him and, and to speak to a wife to see that a husband is now abandoning the home and to then to speak to a business owner who is watching his business possibly fold up and but yet to say, hey, continue to pursue right living. Continue to be genuine in the eyes of God. It's easy for for some of us 
uh, that when we're faced with various trials and difficulties and those moments that come that seem to test us, God has gifted us and we're brilliant and we're intelligent and we become very creative and we're able to calculate and we, we have those moments in life that we believe that we have figured it out and we have solved the problem and we continue to move, move forward and believing that because of our own efforts, because of our own intellect, because of our own passion within, we've been able to make it through that challenge, that season in life. But I'm referring tonight to the, the big moments that when the waves begin to crash down on, on top of us, we don't have the answers. In our brilliance, we're not able to come up and we're not able to crack the code. But once again, how many of you know that the Bible has something to say about that? How many of you know that every season of life, every di difficulty, every opportunity, we can always go to God's word for direction? How many of you are grateful for that, to know that God is guiding us and directing us, and he's doing that again tonight to say that in your pursuit of right living, even when the trial seems to be overwhelming, I've got something for you. And James is speaking to us once again in chapter 1. Turn with me to chapter 1, verse 12, and let's see what James has to say to us tonight. For those that are in the room, and I'm going to ask the seasoned believers to give me just a moment. Let me, let me explain this to you because I know that there are people that are accepting Christ, that there are new believers that are coming onto our campus Here's what I can tell you. They don't know that there is an Old Testament and that there is a New Testament. They don't understand and know that James, the one that we're speaking about, is the brother of Jesus, and that is who is writing to the early church. I can tell you that this particular book was written for those that are new in your faith somewhere between AD 40 and AD 50. What's important about that is that we know that the early church, the early followers of Christ are being persecuted. And you want to talk about trial. They are facing many trials, but holding on to their desire for, for right living. And James is speaking to them in this most critical time. And I can tell you that this passage of Scripture, why is it important for us tonight? Because there are new believers that are in this room. There are new believers that are tuning in and watching online. And they need to hear from God tonight because they are facing a trial. Here's what I can tell you also that you seasoned believers. You are one phone call, one email, one text away from someone that's new in their faith that needs to be able to be encouraged by that seasoned brother or sister in Christ to be able to point them in the right direction to say, continue to pursue right living. Continue to pursue to be genuine in your faith. And so that's why it's important for everyone that's in the room tonight to be able to look at this passage of Scripture and to understand that it is critical that we, we latch on to this and to know that, man, we may be walking right now in a season where everything seems to be going our way, but how many of you know with one phone call, with one report, that can all shift and go in the other direction? But God's word is true, and it's with us. And James writes in this beautiful, beautiful passage, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. I get that. I get the, the first word. I love that, blessed. A blessed man. I can tell you that in my own life, I'm a blessed man. I'm married to the most beautiful, amazing woman. 
that a man, a husband could ever, I'm, I'm, I'm biased and I had better be, right? Amen? I'm, I'm blessed to have the wife. I'm a blessed man. I can tell you that to know that within my household, that my children, my, my oldest daughter, my son, my youngest daughter, are all pursuing a life of being a follower, follower of Christ. How many of you would agree with me that I'm a blessed man to know that my children are pursuing a righteous lifestyle? Here, I'm a blessed man because I have a grandson that loves the Lord. Here's what I can tell you. He is, early, he is learning even at this early age in his own life. Just recently, Taylor and I were uh, driving back onto the campus here, and she had parked her car, and so I needed to drop her off. And so we're having that father-daughter conversation back to the uh, church campus, and uh, we're kind of carrying on our conversation. The radio's on, and it's just playing in the background. And, of course, uh, Colby, our four-year-old grandson's in the back seat, and he's chattering and really not paying attention. You know, he's kind of doing his own thing. He's good like that. He can just kind of entertain himself. And as we're pulling onto the campus, you know, the conversation is beginning to wrap up. And, and then I begin to hear just this slow, just very low song being sung. Every praise is to our God. If we would worship with one accord, if we praise, if we praise, is to our God. If we praise, he just repeats it, to our God. If we would worship, I stopped and I looked at Taylor. And in that moment, I said, We're blessed. This is priceless. Good job, Taylor. You're doing a great job of raising your son, my grandson. I'm blessed. Amen. I'm blessed. Here's the challenge. Is that it continues where James is writing, blessed is the man. Man, who perseveres. That's where things kind of begin to disconnect. And to know that, man, the early church in facing the persecution and to know that the new emperor, Nero, is taking, is taking the new believers, the followers of Christ that have accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah, and, and for kicks, for, for his pleasure, taking the fur and the hides of animals and attaching it on to the new believers, the ones that paved the way for you and I, and then release them out into the street to where the wild dogs can hunt them down and begins to tear them apart limb by limb. And James is writing, persevere even under truth. And, and, and then furthermore, where he's taking the new believers, the new church, and to illuminate the night sky, hanging them from trees and from poles, whether alive or dead, and lighting them on fire, so that they can kind of light the way. That's the new church. That's the new believers. And James is writing, man, persevere under trial. I can tell you that even with the early church and even in the Old Testament, whenever things begin to get sideways, often, even to this day, what happens? Fingers begin to point. 
The, the early church and the children of Israel begin to point and say, God, why, 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 are, you, why, why are you testing us? Why, why are you putting us through this trial? And James is warning them and saying, no, 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 no. It's not God that is testing you. It's not God that is putting you through this horrible time. But James is writing and saying, hey, listen, that during those moments, whether it's brought by man or it's, an, it's, a, it's a season that we've created by our own time, as we pursue right living and we desire to be a genuine within our faith, Man, find those moments that you exalt God, that you fall in love with God, and that you worship God, and you say, I cannot calculate, I cannot figure out the answer, I cannot solve the problem, but I'm going to continue to worship the God in heaven that gives me life. I will continue to press forward, and I will continue to pursue God, even as I experience great trials in my life. And James continues to write, Man, because the one that stood the test, the test, when you say test, I don't know about you, how many of you are A students? You'd raise your hand just proudly and say, I'm an A student. I see a few hands. How many of you say, man, I am the B student. I'm absolutely holding the Bs. Where are my Cs at? Because that's where I'm landing. My Cs, we're, we're the ones that know how to have fun. Amen? When they say test, you say, what test? What test? I didn't know there was going to be a test. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but what a frightening moment to walk into the classroom and to have the professor or the teacher to stand there and say, today there will be a test. I can tell you, or pop quiz, whatever. I was never ready. I was equal opportunity. I felt, hey, A's, B's, C's, D's, F's, let's give them all some love, all right? Mary, Mary was walking down the sidewalk with her five-year-old daughter. And her five-year-old daughter was walking down the sidewalk, and she did what any other little five-year-old would do when she saw a piece of unwrapped candy laying there in the grass. You, you can already go there. You're probably already tracking. What did she do? She stopped and reached over and, and grabbed the piece of candy. And what is she going to do? She's, she's heading towards her mouth. And her mom stops her and says, hey, stop, don't, don't do that. And she says, why? Looking at her mom and says, her mom says, hey, look, it's dirty. You don't, you don't know where that piece of candy has been. And it's probably got what? Germs on it. And of course, her little daughter looks at her and, and with just astonishment and great admiration and says, mom, how do you know all of this stuff? How do you know this? You are so smart. And, of course, the mom quickly thought, and she responded. She goes, because, man, that's what moms know. Mom know moms know that kind of stuff. As a matter of fact, there's a test that's given, and if you don't pass the test, you can't be a mom. And they continue to walk down the sidewalk for just a few more minutes, and the light comes on. She goes, oh, I get it. I get it. So if, if you don't pass the test, then you get to be a dad. <laughs> and the mom responded, exactly. How many of you know that tests come every day? Our integrity, our character, our relationships in life, we're tested, we're tried. But how many of you know that when there's a test, 
there's always the results for the test. That we're always running to the clipboard. We're running to the bulletin board to say, where did I score? What are my results? We're calling the, the doctor's office and saying, what, what are the results of the test? And when James is writing, because he stood the test, it's in, it's in that moment that he's communicating that it's in that moment that you are able to pass the test, that you grade out to be genuine. That regardless of the circumstance in life, regardless of the size of the trial, that when someone looks at your life, they say, you know what, whether that person is going through a difficult season or they're walking through the season, they have been found to be true in their faith. They have found to be genuine. Nothing seems to sway that person. Nothing seems to rock that person that they continue to hold on regardless, regardless if they saw the test coming a mile away or the test hit them broadside, blindsided them. They are still true in their faith. They're continuing to pursue right living. They're continuing to sue to be genuine and a lover of God. And I love that James continues on and he says, what is it? For he shall receive a crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. To know that at the end of the day, when that moment comes, and we say even though we cannot figure out the, the equation to this problem, that the reward is mine because I'm a follower of Christ, that God has is, is called me home, that one day the, the sickness will be gone, one day the, the trial will be gone, the, one day the loneliness will be gone because I have received the crown of life because what? What have I done? James is very specific. He's, he's brilliant. He said, listen, the crown of life comes to those that love God. That's why it's important for us to say, love the Lord your God with what? With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, all that's within you. Let us be a people, a congregation, a people group that is following God with great passion and great intensity to say that regardless of the storm or the trial that comes into my life, let me be found to be genuinely in love with the master, with the creator. How does that happen? It happens every day when we wake up and we, we say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Thank you for this day, God, that you've given to me. And we, 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 we really make it simple. We say, God, let me communicate in written word, Father. Let me sing and turn the radio on and begin to rejoice and, and to be thankful. Although my, my marriage, my relationship is, is breaking, is crumbling. Although I'm, my business is about gone or, or I, I believe I may be dismissed from my job today, I will bless you at all times, Father. Let me be considered to be genuine in my faith. Can you imagine what our church would look like if we pray, yes, Lord, I know that I'm going through this difficulty, this trial, and your will be done. The healing is in your hands, and I leave it in your hands, but today, God, let me, let me seek you, Lord. Let me pursue you, Lord. Let me hunger after you with great hunger, Lord. Father, for those things that you have in my life, I don't want to miss anything, whether it's a good season or, or what would be considered a bad season 
in my life. What a church we would be. To be able to say, man, listen, I can be an encourager to that young person, that young man that is looking for that guidance and that direction. I had the joy of speaking to a young man just about two weeks ago who is facing just an incredible difficulty in his life. And I said, listen, here's the God that we serve. Here's what I can tell you. That God can speak to you directly right where you're at. The voice of God can be very real as you continue to pursue right living. But here's what I can tell you, that if you don't sense that, if you don't hear from him in your quiet time, if you don't hear from him, let me tell you, there are people all around you that God is positioning, that God is moving, that will be able to speak into your life. Be sure that you're ready to receive that. God can speak to you in, in a multiple ways. Just know that it's his voice. As we wrap up tonight, there's a great story of Corey Ten Boom and Betsy Ten Boom. How many of you, by raising your hands, you've heard of the Ten Boom family and the work? I see that many hands are raised. And they were responsible for those that have never heard of them. They were responsible for really moving the Jews in World War II in Holland into safety. And they they'd made a movie called The Hiding Place. There's a book called The Hiding Place that you can read the in, entire story. Very moving. And they've done a great work. And, and of course, as they're moving just, the, just hundreds of people in the underground, getting them to safety, aiding the Jews, believing that, hey, these are God's chosen people. This is a work that we need to, to undertake as a family. Eventually, they're captured, sent to prison, make their way into some prison in Germany. They each receive their job and as to what they're supposed to do, their responsibilities. And they had the moment at some point throughout the day to where they would be able to come together in the prison yard and have kind of a social moment. And that's where Corey and Betsy would connect with one another. And Betsy, through all of the prisoners that were finally arriving and making their way and found out the person, the name of the man that was responsible for kind of ratting them out back in Holland. And of course, Corey hears this and she's disturbed and she's anchored, angered and by the news that Jan Vogel had ratted them out. He's the one. And communicates her sister if he was standing before me I would kill him for the difficulty and the trial and the, 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 the testing that he has brought upon our family and God's people does that bother you Betsy and Betsy responds back oh no not really I'm just praying for him how, how dreadful it must be for Jan Vogel. I've got to believe that it's just horrible for him. This boggles Corey. She can't understand that how can her sister not be incensed? How can her sister not be angered by the news of the man that had ratted their family out and of course went back to her barracks and is, is tossing and turning and unable, unable to fall to sleep. And she's quickened in her spirit by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
says that the God that we believe in in the New Testament is an all-seeing God. And I'm just as guilty, I'm just as guilty as Jan Vogel because I have committed murder in my heart and by the tongue that is in my mouth. And in that moment, she prays to God, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, and I forgive Jant Vogel. Now, Lord, I pray that you would bless his home. May we have that same spirit within us. That regardless of the trial, regardless of the season that we may, that we may be walking through in life, that we're able to pray, God, regardless of the ill that has been brought towards me, God, if I've created this circumstance, forgive me. But God, I pray, Father, and, and beg and ask for your blessing to be upon my life. God, let me stand in, in those difficult moments. God, to be seen as genuine, as a lover of you. God, let me pursue right living regardless of the season in my life. So if you will, stand with me tonight. And let's pray and believe that God is going to speak to us. Lord, not even today, tonight, tomorrow. That we will have, man, just a great passion to continue to pursue our faith. To pursue right living. And to say, God, let me be found genuine. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be that individual that is here tonight. You've come because a, a spouse has asked you to be here. You've returned to church. You've been gone for a season. And you know that the answer to the difficulty in your life is found in Jesus Christ. So we're going to give you an opportunity right now because we're here in the presence of God. And I believe that his spirit is drawing men and women to the cross and we're going to say a prayer together very quickly, very briefly. And we believe that when we pray this prayer, that we are, we are found as followers of Christ, that we begin the process of pursuing right living. So if you will, repeat after me. God in heaven, God in heaven forgive me of my sins. Me of my sins. Wash, me clean tonight. Wash me clean tonight. Let me believe the past is the past. Let me believe the past is the past. And that you have a bright future for me. I am a new creature in you. Let me grow in my faith. Guide, direct me. Let me serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Pastor Rainey is going to lead us in a worship, a worship course tonight. And as he sings, if, if the message resonates with you and say, Tim, I'm facing one of those moments in life. I, I, matter of fact, Tim, I'm pursuing right living. As, as a matter of fact, I have a desire to be found genuine in my faith, but I just need some encouragement. I know that the, the trial that I'm facing, the test that I'm facing seems to be just raining down on top of my head and I need some prayer. So if that's you, as Pastor Randy and the team leads us in that song quickly, find your way to the altar and we'll come back in just a moment and we'll have our dismissal. So Pastor Randy.
Can you hear me now? How about that? How many of you believe that we've heard from the Lord? Amen? God is good. Amen? God is good. Come on. He's good. And his mercies endure forever. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we pray for the wonderful people of Victory Church. Lord, we pray for those that are listening online. I pray now, God, great favor and blessing upon every person, every household. Bring us back on Sunday, Lord, ready to hear from you once again. Be with us now as we go. Your protection, your love, your grace, your mercy. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. God bless. Love you. Have a great, great, great week. See you on Sunday morning. Together, lovely, all together, worthy.